Welcome, Kingdom Leaders, to the podcast for today. And this is your host, Sean Smith. And welcome again to another interview with Paul Cooney, the author and this international speaker. And he is still talking. We are talking, this is the third week we're talking about uh, Nehemiah and we're talking about leadership. We're talking about le- Nehemiah's leadership. You know, this series should inspire you to go back to look at the whole book of Nehemiah. Think about it, meditate on it, pray through it, study it again, and see how you can implement the principles and lessons we you learn there. Uh, Paul is just highlighting some of the things that have spoken to him over the years. So um, this is the, the, the next interview. We have another one coming up, and I trust that you will enjoy this, that you will uh, dive deep into this as we talk about your responsibility Uh, in the assignment that God brings to you. And so enjoy and really be stirred and inspired again with my friend, Paul. So welcome, Paul. It's um, great to have you with us again. And this is our third episode talking about the Nehemiah people, Nehemiah's leadership. And uh, you've been sharing some really good stuff. Uh, We've been getting good um, good uh, listens on on these episodes so that's great um so paul let's let's move into sort of the phase three of our is it phase three yeah phase three of our discussion here and uh, you know just from your from your point of view from from studying this book and then just your experience and and working with leaders and you know around the world and what do you think is the greatest challenge to to kingdom leadership at this stage in life right now, at this stage in time, rather? Well, I, I think the, by the way, it's an, it's an honor to be here with you, you again. Yes. I, I appreciate it. This is uh, good stuff. You're, you're full of a lot of good things. Um, and so I appreciate that you're giving them out and that I have a chance to, uh, to uh, fellowship with you and your listeners again. Um, I think the I, I think the challenge uh, I think the challenge is that there there is this concept there there is this lack of understanding and lack of definition about what kingdom leadership really is. What does it mean yes. to say you're a kingdom leader? Well. You know, somebody could say, well, I manage a grocery store. How can I be a kingdom leader? Or somebody, you know, I'm not like so-and-so. Well, you don't, you know, kingdom leadership is basically reflecting the heart of God uh, where you are. Yes. You know, the, 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 the thing about uh, Moses is Moses faced an impossible situation on the Red Sea. He's got... Pharaoh and his army bearing down on the Israelites. He's got the Israelites that he led out of Egypt and they're, they're looking to him and they're saying, Hey dude, you know, this does not look good. We got the Red Sea here. How are we going to cross the Red Sea? And Moses says to God, you know, how are we going to cross the Red Sea? And, Mo- and God says to him, well, what do you have in your hands? And the question the the definition of kingdom leadership is what do you have in your hands? Yes. You know, it's a, you don't, if, if you, you know, you don't, maybe you don't have a shepherd's staff, but, uh, but you have a position of responsibility 
or there's basically two types of people here. There's those who are carrying a position of responsibility. That, well, maybe three types. There's those who are carrying the position of responsibility currently. There's those who know that they are called to leader, to be a leader. Mm. And there are those who are just beginning to emerge. Now, the kind that are called to be a leader may not be in a leadership position yet. So what does, what does, I think there has to be definition for people um, in order, in order to really comprehend what this kingdom leadership is. I remember when I, I, you and I were talking uh, before the broadcast here, and um, I knew that I was a leader from the time I was a little kid. I didn't know what I was going to lead. I didn't know what that meant. But I just always found myself in a position uh, of leadership. I was a defender. I, you know, always in a position of leadership. Well, I got born and I was in the corporate world and I got born again. And I did, though all the new things that come with being a babe in Christ, I was experiencing them in my life. It was just a radical transition. And I was driving home one night. Um, from a Bible study, and it was about 11 o'clock at night, and I was just engrossed in all of these new things that were coming into my life, and God spoke to me. Now, I've been born again for six months, okay, and God spoke to me, and he said, he said, son, I'm calling you to be a leader, and my, the first thought that came to my mind was, I have been born again for six months and he's just figuring out I'm a leader. So there, I, this thought came to my mind, see, because God paused between the first sentence and the second sentence. And the second sentence was this, but first I must teach you how to follow. And for any kingdom leader, the service is the hallmark of kingdom leadership. If, if you happen to manage that grocery store, you manager in that corporation, you're not, you, you may be called to corporate leadership. You, you may feel like this is what your life is to be about, is corporate leadership. Well, then the, 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 the process by which you lead people is far more important than the results of your leadership mm. to the Lord. Yes. In, if you're going to be a kingdom leader, then the process leads before the, the results. The results will follow the process. Yeah. You know, in, in uh, Nehemiah, um, the interesting thing to me, and I've, as I've said before, I've studied this book for a long time. But, but here is this guy who's a wine taster, has no experience. And he, he has this revelation. And as a kingdom leader, you'll experience revelation. You'll experience what we would call the gifts of the spirit, what the Bible calls the gifts of the spirit. And as a kingdom leader, you should seek these things and ask God to give them to you. Yes. Uh, the you'll experience, you may not experience the prophetic word 
where you would say, you know, thus saith the Lord, you may, but you, but you may not experience that. But, but what will cause God's blessing to come upon you, what will cause you to increase in your leadership will be more than likely the functioning of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. The, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. You'll operate in these things. You'll know things that your contemporaries don't know. This, this is part of what kingdom leadership is about. You'll, you'll, God will give you, when he puts you in a position, he will give you the information you need to implement his purposes and his will in that sphere that you're in. Yes. The other, the other thing that, you know, if you think, if, uh, if you go to Nehemiah, the second chapter, he says he, he's, he's in the room and he says now it, it, it was, see, there, there's timing and there's the purpose of God. Sometimes we pray these things and we wonder, has God forgotten about us? Has he made me a wine taster? I mean, maybe you came out of the womb knowing you're a leader and you're tasting the king's wine or you're doing something that, that seems to you to be way below your capability. And I would challenge you to, to stay exactly where you are mm. and allow God to open doors for you because there may be, don't, don't make decisions about your life based on personal comfort. You make decisions about your life based on the spirit of God. What is God saying? What is God doing? And how do you fit into it? This is what kingdom leadership is like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Nehemiah stands before the king and, uh, and, and he says he'd never been sad in the presence of the king. This is in Nehemiah chapter two. He'd never been sad in the presence of the king. And the king notices that he's sad. Now, it was, it, it was a death sentence if you were sad in the presence of the king. And I won't get into all the reasons. But he says, the king says, what's wrong with you, Nehemiah? And Nehemiah says, how can I be happy when, you know, the, the city, uh, the, the, the city of David, Jerusalem, is in disrepair and its people are being slaughtered. We talked about that the last time some of the characteristics. And the king says, well, what do you want? What do you request? What can I do for you? Now, here's, we're talking about kingdom leadership. If Nehemiah, just a question for your listeners, if Nehemiah was always complaining about his pay, if he was always saying, you know, he's just not paying me enough. I'm, I'm worth a whole lot more than what he's paying me. If all he's going to do is pay me this, then all I'm going to do is give him that. If, if, if he was constantly complaining about the king's leadership, do you think that the king would have said to him, as he did in the second chapter, you know, Nehemiah, you, you want to go to Jerusalem because you have been a faithful servant. Not only am I going to give you an army to guide you down there, that 900-mile journey, 
not only am I going to uh, give you provisions, not only am I going to give you wood so that you can build gates to the city after you rebuild the wall, but I'm going to authorize you so that nobody will mess with you. You are going to be my ambassador. And I'm going to make you the governor of Judah. Now, that would not have happened. God would not have positioned this man. And the book of Nehemiah more than likely would never have been in the Bible. That's right. You know, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't mean that we're, I'm not saying that we have to be comfortable, but I, but I am maybe what is, that means that you're, you're under the authority of the king and you're representative, you're his representative. And as his representative, you go and come as he directs. And the course of your life, the, 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 the journey that you take in your life has meaning. It isn't, it, it isn't a meaningless event. Anyway, that's enough said about that. But the thing, the thing that I think is interesting is uh, Nehemiah did not campaign or promote himself before the king. He went about his duties. Yeah. And, and I think that this is an absolute key for kingdom leaders. And that is that you need to take, you need to take selfish ambition. If you're a young man or a young woman in the corporate world, or you're, uh, you're a business owner, you take selfish ambition and you throw it out the window. Yes. That, that will bring you, according to the scripture, uh, th those kinds of things bring every evil work to you. And here's what the Greek word for selfish ambition means. I looked this up before our talk. Hmm. Electioneering. When you, when you are trying to, you're trying desperately to get that promotion or to get that project, or you, you, um, you're trying to make this deal because this is the biggest deal you've ever had. And this is the one that's going to put you over the top and you are willing to do anything to get that deal or to get that promotion. Selfish ambition. The Greek definition is electioneering, intriguing for office, partisanship, courting distinction and intrigue. Hmm. And when you come to, as a kingdom leader, you have to, and, and I, I ran a, a construct, well, I've, I've ran a number of businesses, but I, I ran a business for, um, for a, a corporate or for a, um, investment group a construction and development company for an investment group. And then I had my own company for 25 years. Um, and I, I learned early on to rest in God, that God was better able to promote me. And I, I, I speak as a father 
author to you who are listening, God is better able to promote you than you are able to promote yourself. He knows how far he can take you and, and the direction that he wants to take you. I've seen so many young lives, families and marriages torn apart by people who, who chased after, uh, instead of chasing after God, they chased after the deal or they chased after uh, the, the promotion at no matter what they chased after it. And you, you, you don't, you don't campaign. And the way this works in kingdom leadership, you don't campaign for yourself. You don't need to promote yourself and tell everyone how wonderful you are. The way this works is people of influence will invite you into the assignment that God has for you because the, uh, the, for a kingdom leader, it is all about the assignment. Is it not, Sean? Yep, that's exactly right. It is all about the assignment. That's the only thing that matters. Well, that's where your leadership begins, really. Absolutely. And that's where the anointing of God begins to help you as his ambassador fulfill the assignment. Yes. You know, because God gives you the equipment. I mean, you know, so we don't even realize what it is that, that has been invested in us. We don't even realize what God has put in us, what he's taken us through the journey that we've been on. We just, we were just talking about that before the, before the broadcast and, and uh, it's just, you know, God takes you through a journey. You don't realize what you're actually going through. Um, and then at the end of the, of the journey of, of your trial or your test or your, or your storm, um, you know, you come out of the other side and say, well, now I understand I had to learn this lesson. I had to go through this. And it's, you know, there's, um, there's two Greek words. There's parasmos and dokimos. And uh, parasmos is evil testing. And, and so that's when the trials come and the tests come and the temptations come. It's parasmos. And, and Satan wants to use it to trip you up. But dokimos is God allows it to, uh, to be your approval. And yeah. so he, he, good. Uh, he doesn't bring the, the, the tests and the trial. God can, he, he doesn't bring it, but Satan brings all the, the enemy brings it as a, as a parasmos, a test to trip you up. But right. God's approval comes from that. So I think it's uh, James chapter one twelve where it says, you know, when you've endured documents, this, this test, um, you will receive the crown of life. And so, you know, yeah. we go through stuff. I remember, you, you know, sitting <coughs> for through darkness for, I mean, for years, for a number of years after we left um, the States to go back and through a year and a half in South Africa and nearly eight years in, in England. And I'm thinking, what is going on? It's just like nothing is happening in my life. I'm just like dying mm. here. And, uh, and you, when you're going through it, you think this is the end of my world. But at the end, when, when, when we saw what God was actually starting to do and where we were going and th that we were returning to the United States and, 
you know, suddenly, all my, you know, suddenly you're looking at all of this and you go, now I see, you know, God is actually teaching me, preparing me. I was going through all of this because I was coming to this, you know. And so um, mm-hmm. I, I, I tell people, listen, whatever journey you're on right now is don't measure the process as being the purpose. The process is not the purpose, but the purpose That's has right. a process, you know. That's right. <laughs> you know, so. That's right. Don't don't see it as the the end of it. This the the tunnel is not the 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 end of things. There's the it, light is coming on the other side. You know, so hang yeah. in there. Yeah. So absolutely true, Paul. Yeah. Well, the the uh, in Nehemiah, um, if if um, if all that time that he spent serving the king, if if when God spoke to him, um, I, and I, I wrote this in the book, it was just, it made me laugh as I was, I was sort of taking dictation. But, it, you know, all of us, every one of us, and, and you as kingdom leaders who are listening, you are going to be faced with a decision to accept the assignment that God has for you. Uh, you're you're going to be faced with a decision. Now, here... In Nehemiah's case, I kind of thought through this a little bit, so you'll forgive me for constantly going back to Nehemiah. That's but good. Put put yourself in Nehemiah's in in Nehemiah's shoes. Now he's got a comfortable gig in uh, you know not a whole lot of pressure on him, uh, other than if somebody's trying to kill the king, he's going to die first. So, but but other than that. No, you know, he tests the food. He oversees the preparation of the food to make sure nobody poisons the king. He's well paid. And God speaks to him and says, I want you to go to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls. Now, I can tell you from personal experience, I'm not going to say that this is going to happen in the lives. of. I don't want to be dogmatic here. But from personal experience, I have to accept the assignment uh, I, I have had to accept the assignments that God gives me. And then God gives me the plan yes. and the how-tos. Yes. He's not going to waste words until, until I tell him when he gives me an assignment, um, I tell him, okay, if I, I will gasp my last breath trying to fulfill this assignment. So Nehemiah runs into these people and he's, and he's, he's in the city. He gets this revelation. God speaks to him, tells him, I want you to go back. So, so he's got options now. So these are some of the options that the same options, even though he was born 2,500 years ago, we all have the same options. And here, here's a couple of the options. Maybe that wasn't God because, you know, God is really blessing me where I am. And it's, it, you know, I'm living a life of comfort. I'm paying my tithe in church. Um, you know, I'm an elder in the church. Well, you know, maybe that just wasn't God. That's option one. Option two is, well, you know, I'm really a person of influence here, right where I am in Susa. You know, I'm one of the most prominent members of the Jewish community here. I'm able to better represent the Jewish community to the king of Persia, who, by the way, doesn't really like our God, I'm probably able to better represent him, better represent the interests of the Jewish community to the king if I I stay here in Susa where everything is nice and comfortable. 
And then here's the third one. Well, I'm not really, I don't really have a resume uh, of a builder. I don't really know how to rebuild the walls or I don't really know how to accept how to do what God is, what I think God is telling me to do. So maybe what I'll do is I'll just give a few extra shekels in the offering when the rabbi takes up the offering on the Sabbath. Mm. You know, yeah. we find more ways to talk ourselves out of the assignment. Yep. And it's, it's very important if you are going to succeed as God defines success, by the way, as yes. God defines that success. Yeah. If you're going to succeed as a kingdom leader, then you have to take all of those options and set them aside. They're all reasonable. I can tell you right now because I've, I've, I've thought them, but it'll always come back to your obedience. That's right. What is God? What assignment did God, does God want you to fulfill and your acceptance of it? It will always make you uncomfortable. You will always be unqualified in your own estimation. But when you accept the assignments of God, you will not exercise your authority to fulfill the assignment. You're not limited to the authority that you think you have in your life. When you accept one of God's assignments as a kingdom leader, and as we said in the beginning, the assignments are, are what kingdom leadership is about. When you accept the assignment and take all those other options, all those reasonable, logical arguments and set them all aside, then you begin to administer the authority of God. Yes. And he exercises his authority through you. And that's when things happen. Yeah. Well, that's what makes leadership spiritual, isn't it? I mean, absolutely. You know, I, I, all leadership is spiritual because the the authority that you walk in is, first of all, is designed for the sphere of responsibility that has been given to you in your assignment, and and um, and secondly, is because it's delegated. <laughs> it's not. It's exactly. not. Some, it's not something that you own. It's something that you represent. So. I, I, you know that just puts a whole new, a whole new spin on on our leadership when we understand that its it, its source is in the kingdom of God. Hence, why I call it kingdom leadership equipping, because to, uh, the the mindset is to understand where it comes from and what I have to walk in to fulfill it. So, Paul, what you basically, if if I can sort of take a step back here a little bit, and so you know, so what it's really it's a responsibility that you're taking on, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's your ability to respond to a nudge from the spirit of God. That's mm -hmm. actually going to, that you need to respond to. You have a responsibility to, to that nudge from, from the spirit of God. Yeah. And the, the thing is we're, we're all faced with those kinds of decisions. You know, every one of us, particularly if you have a call to leadership. I, I was speaking in a church one time, and I'll never forget this. I was speaking in a church, and coincidentally, I was speaking about Nehemiah. And um, I don't know how many people were there, 
there were several hundred people, maybe six, 700 people. And, um, you know, if, if for, for those of us who go to church, we all, uh, I've done this several times since, but those, you know, if you, you, you go to church, uh, you know, the pastor speaks every Sunday. Well, he'll tell you about how he got to the church and how God led him to the church and how God put him in a position of leadership. And that's sort of, you know, that's pretty well commonplace for any pastor uh, because there's most of them, not all of them, but most of them respond to the calling of God. Okay. But I've never heard anybody say how many leaders are in the the congregation how many uh -huh. know that god spoke to you to be a leader and so i'm in this church and and there was a fairly it was a fairly large group i mean it was in the first time i did it was in the united states and the lord said to me i want you to i'm i'm, I'm preaching and the lord said to me I, I want you to take a survey and i stopped for a second you know i said lord what do you what do you mean take a survey and he said, I want you to take a survey. And then I knew what he was talking about. So I said, okay. I said, and the pastor was sitting up in the front row. I said, I'd like to know, just like me now, I don't pastor a church, but just like me, you know, a call to leadership in my, in my, when I'm a babe in Christ, I'm not even able to walk hmm. as you know, my, I, I, I hadn't even, uh, I was in, Anyway, I was just a baby in Christ when God said this to me. And so I said, I'd like to know how many of you have heard the voice of God call you that to, to leadership. He, you know that God is calling you to leadership. Not that you think so, but you've heard the voice of God. And do you know two-thirds of the congregation stood up? Well. I was shocked. Hmm. I said, okay, I want everybody to sit down. I said, now I'm going to ask another question How, because the pastor, I heard the pastor say, you know, well, God called me to this particular city and you've heard it. You know, God called me to this city or called me to this nation. You know, you've heard that. And, and pastors tend to think that they're the only ones that are called. Yeah. You know? And so I said, okay, now, I want to know how many are here in this city because God sovereignly, by his sovereign hand, directed you to this city. And I ask that question of you listeners. How many of you are in the city you're in because you know this is God has directed you to that city? And again, two-thirds of the congregation stood up. Hmm. Now, I said to them, and I say to you listeners, if you are called to leadership, it's not your responsibility to go find someplace to lead. It's God's responsibility to put you in the place where he wants you to lead, first of all. But second of all, if you're called to a city or called to a nation, that is a, a responsibility. There is a reason for, for you to be called 
to that particular city or called to that particular uh, role of to a, a, a role of leadership. And I would challenge you to begin finding out, seeking God on a daily basis. God, what is it? Why have you called me here? Because the thing, thing about our, the God that we serve is he's very strategic. He doesn't do anything. He won't move a man of God or a woman of God to a city because it's just a nice place to raise your kids. Yeah, because he's got nothing else to do. Yeah, or because he wants to keep you excited. Yes. I, and, and you need something new to keep you involved. He moves with, with purpose and he moves his leaders in particular with purpose. Yeah. So the choice is really, you, you can live your life not accepting the assignments and live low levels of accomplishment and you'll find yourself with this leadership calling, maintaining the status quo, which for, for a kingdom leader is absolutely the sentence of death. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's guaranteed to give you frustration, irritation, <laughs> discontent, dissatisfaction. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you'll find 20 reasons why you're unhappy. <laughs> Yeah. And there's only one reason. You did not walk in the place that you were supposed to. That's it. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. Life is exciting. Oh, for man. People, this, journey, this journey is exciting. And, and the simple fact is, is you know, I, I love what somebody said, is we are not called to make a living. We're called to make a difference. Yeah. And, and that is the simple fact is when Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples, that, that is just leadership in itself is that when, as soon as you obey the, and I'm calling it basic and it's not basic. I mean, it is the overall strategy, but is, is, you know, that, that seems to be like the, the, the bottom line of, of everything else is going to all the world and make disciples. Mm -hmm. And if we're not doing, if as soon as you obey that, it, that takes initiative, that takes responsibility. That means I have to, I have to grow up. I have to get equipped. I have to um, position myself to where God wants me to actually reach another generation to impact on the, 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 the culture, the society, the community, um, the school, the, the, the organization, the business world, the market, whatever it is where, that God's ca calling or positioning you for, just that is, the, is this, that simple statement that go into all the world, go into every culture or into every community group and make disciples. That is leadership in itself. So just what mm -hmm. you're saying, Paul, is like if, you, if God's positioning you, calling you to a city, to a place, into, into a situation with an assignment, you know, you, uh, you can be unhappy for the rest of your life or you can take up what God's called you to do and just mm -hmm. do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're bored or you're stuck in a routine and, and you're, you're, you serve, like I, I tell people all the time, we don't serve a one day a week God, we serve a seven day a week God. Absolutely. 
And if you're serving a one day a week, God, then in fact, why don't we just pray for those? Yes. Let's just pray for them. Amen. Well, Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And Lord, we acknowledge you're a seven-day-a-week God. And you have just as much to give people on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, as you do on, on Sunday. Yeah. And Lord, let your glory rest upon these people. Break the, the bonds of sin. Break the bonds of lethargy. Uh, break the, uh, let, let you pour your spirit out on everyone who, who hears this, pour your spirit out on them, Lord. And, and God, give them a, give them a dose of your goodness and your mercy and your presence. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And Father, it doesn't matter how unqualified people feel right now and how much they feel they have failed you. Father, I thank you that, that you are the God of second chances. And how much more, Jesus said, will you give good gifts to those that ask you and give good gifts to your children. And so, Father, I thank you that whatever the failure is, whatever the, the limitations are, whatever right now, the restrictions they think they have, Father, I thank you that you give them sight, you give them vision, you give them clarity, Father, as to um, what that assignment is and, and your power, your ability, your capacity, your strength uh, to carry them to fulfill what you've called them to do. Because it's not about their goodness, it's about your goodness. Yes. And it's not about their ability, it's about your capability, Father, and, and that you give to us by your spirit. And I thank you, Father, for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Paul, thank you so much, brother. I know you've got to go. You've got another appointment. So, um, again, excellent stuff, really stuff to chew on and, and uh, ponder deeply again. It's, um, it's really good lessons, good stuff to, to think about. So I appreciate your time very much and uh, look forward to um, – to the next to to the next time next week i look forward to it too and <laughs> I, I appreciate what you do i bless you brother very much and i appreciate who you are even more than what you do uh thank you sir it's very kind of you well god is good <laughs> he's working amen. in our lives amen. amen all right paul bless you buddy love you lots bless you brother okay